Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, the Hot Rod Farmer, Ray Bohax from Cat Swamp Road, and my <clears throat> throat is already clogging up on me. I'm only a couple of seconds into the show. Well, welcome to 2023, and this is the first Idle Chatter of 2023. So, God willing, uh, we will have uh, many, many more, if the good Lord wills, for this show to continue on. And uh, if you're wondering why this show is a little bit late in dropping, it's because my wife and I were quite ill for three days. We got sick just around New Year's Eve, well, New Year's Day, I think. It was coming to, uh, it was it was percolating, and then we were quite ill. So we had some kind of flu bug or something, and uh, it was uh, a little bit uh, on the rough side with both of us being ill and then trying to take care of the animals and what have you. But by God's grace, we were able to do it, and um, we're both starting to feel a little bit better. So if my throat is worse than normal, <clears throat> excuse me, as it is right now, and uh, this show isn't as long as normal, which should probably be a good thing for you if it's not as long as normal, then uh, it'll be good to go, right? So I want to thank you once again for tuning in and for clicking into this guy from Cat Swamp Road. And the first thing that I want to do is I have to give a pin in my map. And this gentleman reached out to me, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, before Christmas, I think well, Christmas weekend, he reached out to me. And it is uh, Chuck and Elaine Milebach, Milebach from from Piles Grove, New Jersey. And he's a new listener to Sirius XM. And I guess he just got his radio and he listened to Farm Machinery Digest for the first time. So I was very honored that he did that. And he's a farmer from New Jersey also. And uh, they have a small farm there, but they also have uh, the original 65 acres that their great-grandfather started in the late 1800s. So I'm just going to uh, do a cough for a second here, clear my throat. Hold on, please. Okay, kill a mic. Excuse me, this cough is uh, <coughs> pretty bad. That's why hesitated in doing the show but they have the original 65 acres that his great-grandfather uh homestead i'm not going to say homesteaded but he he purchased in in the 1800s so that is uh that is wonderful what a wonderful story he sharecropped that farm his great-grandfather and then eventually bought it so i want to thank chuck and elaine Mill Millerbach, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong, sir, and uh, from coming on board and being hot rod farmers. So I greatly appreciate that. And uh, <clears throat> let me just see what else is going on here. I'm going to get a drink of water. Excuse me. <clears throat> this uh, flu bug really got the uh, the best of me. You know, Charlotte, being a kindergarten teacher, she brings home every disease known to man and uh, diseases that probably aren't known to man yet when you teach kindergarten these kids are always sick and uh, this time sadly she got a, a, a bout of it first and then i usually it usually bypasses her or is a very mild form with her because she's built up such resistance over the years of teaching kindergarten 
in elementary school, but uh, this time it got us both. So I ask you to please bear with me as we uh, go through today's episode. So let me tell you what else. Okay, um, an update on my generator video. So if you've been following my, uh, well, I don't want to say saga, the journey with my Briggs & Stratton Elite 8000 generator, which I know a lot of you have, that James Condon posted his video of my generator diagnostics and repair on on his YouTube channel. So you just have to go to James Condon YouTube and uh, obviously you don't know what my generator looks like it's a briggs and stratton elite it's red excuse me and uh i think the uh title of the uh the title of the video is why did this generator stop making electricity and period you'll be surprised to find out why so that is the video if you care to watch it it's an excellent video he did an excellent job on it and he also I wrote a comment and he pinned my comment to the top of the comment so everybody would see it. Just because they see it doesn't mean that they'd read it. All right. But uh, that is that. But interestingly enough, what prompted me, well, first of all, number one, after this experience with James with YouTube, I am glad I am not on YouTube. Um, respectfully everybody in their grandmother has some sort of comment and you know james did a wonderful job on the diagnosis he did a wonderful job on the video and uh you get all these people just throw darts and obviously like i said what prompted me to write my comment and i was glad that he pinned it to the top was that it's very apparent that either the people watched did not watch the entire video or they watched the video with a certain agenda or they watched it and didn't pay attention because everybody was focusing on that it was a Briggs and Stratton and they're telling you how Briggs and Stratton is junk and this and that and and, and then they're focusing on the the 240 volt circuit breaker which was a potential issue down the road but that was not the issue with the generator and uh, you know, people saying why would sue and then they're complaining that the that the uh that the circuit breaker is 80 dollars. yeah i thought it was a lot of money for the circuit breaker but what are you going to do that's what it is it's an application specific circuit breaker it's not a generic home depot circuit breaker that you're putting in there it's made to fit that unit it's made to 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 fit in that enclosure and to i mean it's it's application specific is the best engineering term for it and uh they're all talking about the circuit breaker the circuit breaker wasn't the issue the circuit breaker could have been a potential issue down the road and the only thing that was wrong with the circuit breaker was the fact that the terminals the spade terminals weren't riveted on as tightly as they should have been that the rivet should have been tighter that held the spade terminals on the circuit breaker but and i personally think and i may be wrong because i i was wrong about other things with that generator but i think that once you put the the plug in to go into the 240 volt terminal to go into my transfer slot transfer box or say transfer slot transfer box uh is that i think that it 
it tightened up those spade terminals. So I don't think that that was ever an issue whatsoever. And yes, and it was probably probably a, a poor rivet job or a loose rivet job right from the factory when they made that circuit breaker. So I don't think it's something that that happened while I had the unit. But I then again, my con, my contention was that even though the terminals were a little bit loose, I think once you put the the plug in there, that the plug pushed on the terminal and tightened it up. So ninety five percent of the people who made comments were uh, completely off the mark. <coughs> Excuse me, completely off the mark as far as that's concerned and the problem with the generator was that it never stopped making electricity even though we thought it did the power head didn't stop making electricity that the neutral there was too much too much shrink tube on the neutral connection so the neutral connection going up to the receptacles to the sockets is what was i'm going to say faulty was a bad connection due to excessive amount of shrink tube there wasn't much area there so but whatever but uh i'm glad that uh, the podcast and the radio show doesn't have that respectfully i'm saying it that quality of audience because um it was a wonderfully educational video that that James did, and a, a lot of people did get that, but for everyone that got that, probably two or three did not get it. And, um, I mean, some of the responses are just uh, bizarre, uh, bizarre, that sue and contact the government and uh, there should be a recall, and I would go and, uh, and I would demand my money back and I would put a, a rotary switch in. I mean, it, uh, unbelievable. I mean, you could tell from those, the people who made those comments, they never fixed anything or did anything of any consequence in their life. And I'm saying it respectfully, but it is what it is. So that is that, right? So that is up there in James Condon, uh, James Condon YouTube, C Condon, C-O-N-D-O-N, James Condon YouTube. And hopefully you get a chance to watch it and you'll enjoy it and learn a lot about it and learn the importance of the surface area of an electrical connection. And, you know, on that same theme back years ago when General Motors came out with the uh, side terminal batteries, when people used to charge those, <coughs> excuse me, when people used to charge those, you know, whatever, they killed the battery, needed to charge it, they used to put a bolt in there. And when I went to AC Delco school with Mr. Richard Hip many years ago, the young man, he went to a whole a whole day school about that Freedom battery. That that battery was unbelievable. People thought it was just a battery with side terminals on it, and the reason it was not. And... So it was a whole engineering protocol, a whole engineering exercise. But I remember the number. They were ST125. Delco used to make a charging adapter that you would thread into there to, to charge the side terminal battery properly because if you just put a bolt in there like people used to do, then the only surface area that was actually allowing the electrons to flow from the charger into the battery or through the threads of the bolt. And you missed the whole pad that they had. They had a round pad, all right, that, that the electrons are supposed to go through. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm going to just, 
with being sick, that's going to be the standard realtor. I'll try to keep it to a minimum. But um, so that really taught the importance back years ago to me of the of the area of an electrical connection. And that's really what happened with my generator is that the neutral wire coming off the, the junction block on the power head on the stator was where the problem was. So the stator was making electricity and never stopped making electricity. It wasn't getting to the power. It wasn't getting to the receptacles because of a bad connection there. So if you get a chance, watch that. It's a little bit more than an hour. He does an excellent, excellent job with it. And uh, hey, leave a comment <laughs> if you want, right? I guess everybody else does. It's a free-for-all out there with this YouTube stuff. So that basically is that. And let me see... Uh, and that's, I guess, the uh, what um, what uh, I wanted to bring you up to date with. Uh, we got we had the three the three the three kittens, uh, Faith, Molly, and Ginger, uh, neutered. Uh, they are boys, not girls. We found that out when we did the pre-op that they are boys. So, but we decided. I think I may have told you to keep to keep their names because. Well, who's gonna they're not gonna know the difference and they know their names so why should i cha why should we change them so uh so they they have girls names but they are uh boy cats so that's fine so um what are you gonna do that's i guess that's the way of the world today like they said in the doctor's office okay they're binary right that they <laughs> they're in modern times and modern cats so that is that now, what I'm going to talk about today, if I could get through it, God willing, is I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, and that's going to be the context of the focus of today's episode of Idle Chatter. And as if you listen to me for any length of time, you know, everything in my life is a story. And then also, if you didn't get the chance to go back into uh, and listen to my on-the-road uh, on the road to buying a Ford GT supercar with Bob Ida, and I did an episode of On the Road with that, and that just posted uh, the other day, I think, on New Year's Day, and it is about, the, it's a long show, it's over an hour and 50 minutes, so it's not meant for you to sit there and stare at the computer when you're listening to it, but it's all about uh, buying a Ford GT supercar. So that may be very interesting because it's it's not like you go to the car dealer and you buy it. So there's a whole, it's, I want to say rigmarole. It's the car is special and the buying, the buying experience is special and the delivery is special and everything is special about that car. And since there's very few of those made and very few, very few of them sold, then it's not many people know how that procedure goes when. So uh, I'm going to cough again. <coughs> Excuse me. So that is that. All righty, let's get today today's episode. Let me try to get my head, my mind, and my tongue uh, synchronized <laughs> for once today. All right, about a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, I was down in Georgia. I went down there to uh, to work with the Fent people from Agaco. All right, so that's not that's not the important part. So I was down in Georgia, and I stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn in Saint it was in Saint John's Johns Creek, I think it was Johns Creek, Georgia. Okay, and what had happened was that I stayed there three nights. And when I got there the first night, I, the first evening, I checked in, 
And then I was in the room, went out to eat, was in the room, and I was probably in the room about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, and I started to feel funny. I started to feel like I was getting sick, but it wasn't like I was, it wasn't like anything I had felt before. So I said to myself, oh, Lord, here it is. I'm on this business trip. I came down here and, you know, all this way, a thousand miles and doing, you know, and doing business with this company. It's a blessing to have Fent come on board. And here it is. I'm sick. <coughs> here it is. I'm sick. Excuse me. So when it was it was a funny type of feeling because there was no odors or anything in the room. It wasn't like you smelled something or chemical odors or what have you. Uh, Hilton Garden, nice clean hotel. Um, so I thought nothing of it. I wasn't sick the night before. I stayed in Virginia, so I you know went to bed and laying down and probably within another hour or so I felt really bizarre I felt disoriented I felt dizzy I felt I felt slightly nauseous I just felt felt just completely disoriented it wasn't like I was getting a flu bug or something I it was it was it was bizarre the way I felt so I said geez I just and you know you're saying to yourself well I must be getting sick and it got worse and worse through the night. I had trouble sleeping. I was tossing and turning, and uh, which is usually not me. I mean, I get up four o'clock in the morning, so when I hit the pillow, <laughs> I fall asleep. So it just just very bizarre. I got up, and I was actually dizzier in bed than I was standing up, and uh, very bizarre. So I got up, and so I, I said a prayer. I said, "Lord, please, you know, let me not be sick for these for these two days of meetings and." Uh, so I, I got up in the morning, fumbled my way to the bathroom to take a shower, shave, and went downstairs to have breakfast and went outside and got some fresh air and uh, what have you. And then I went over to the facility and I, I, felt, I felt better, I felt fine. I was at the facility all day long, came back, went out, came back to the hotel in the evening, went out to dinner, came back into the hotel, half hour 45 minutes later starting to feel sick again same thing disoriented and uh, just uh, couldn't concentrate and, and all the things i said before <coughs> excuse me so now i'm um, two two nights two two for two right so have the same symptoms probably a little bit more intensified the second night but more or less the same and then you know say a prayer and ask the lord to get me through this and the next morning wake up not feeling well and you know end up doing the same thing leaving the building and then going going to the facility and uh coming back and and i was going to be down at, at agco's headquarters for two days so that was the second day come back that evening to the hotel go out to eat feel fine come back into you know, i'm gonna it was a nice it was like 75 degrees when i was down there next week was like six degrees so i'm outside walking around and i look up on the roof the best i can i look up on the roof of the hotel and uh it's probably about a four or five story hotel <coughs> i apologize for this coughing but uh and i see a bunch of antennas from what i could glean you know i thought 
it looks like there's a bunch of antennas on the roof. So I say, all right, well, whatever. Come back into the hotel room. The next day I'm going to leave. Next morning, come back in exactly the same thing. So now it's three for three. Three nights in a row I'm having the exact same symptoms within about a half hour, 45 minutes of being in a room, and they, they intensify as the night goes on. And get up in the morning and um, leave the leave the property, leave the building, and uh, hit the road, and I start to feel fine. The next night, I'm in Virginia, which is the same hotel I spent it, and I'm telling you this for a reason, because it has value in the diagnostics, just like with my generator, diagnosing anything. So I stayed in the same hotel in Virginia, and I think I even spoke about that in um, in the previous podcast. So anyway, fell fine. So I said, Jesus, something in that hotel is making me sick. What 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 was it? And uh, so when I came home, I started to do some research. And from the best I could glean is that I was suffering from electromagnetic field poisoning. Textbook example of the feeling, the disoriented, the dizziness, the can't sleep, fidgety, and slightly nauseous and uh, slightly dizzy and uh, that would be electromagnetic field poisoning. So I said to myself, okay, that's quite interesting because I was on the top floor of the hotel because my Hilton uh, profile says I like, I prefer the top floor for hotel if possible. I prefer the top floor simply because I don't want to have somebody running and pounding on the floor above me, right? So you get all the noises below you when you're on the top floor of a hotel. And uh, I, like I say, started to do some research, and I'm looking into it, and uh, it appears that I was affected by EMF, electromagnetic field. As I said, I'm going to use the word poisoning. Some people use that word, and I believe that it was because of the the array of antennas on the roof of the hotel, and maybe they were five G. So I'm going to stop right there. (coughs) Excuse me. And now I'm not an aluminum head, aluminum foil on your head type of guy. I'm not a wacko. All right. I'm not running around looking for for, for ghosts or looking for anything. But if would if I were not there three nights in a row, if I would if I was just traveling and I was there one night and the next day I left and it was fine, I would just think that I was getting a bug or something. Excuse me, <clears throat> a bug or something. And if I didn't have the same thing happen within the same amount of time, being in a room and then exiting the room, having the symptoms subside, that. I would have ignored it. So I started to do some research. And what I found, what I ended up doing was investing in a EMF meter and an electromagnetic field meter to read, uh, to read magnetic fields. So now some people buy these, and I bought it, I, I'll get into it. I found it very, very interesting because also before i left to go on 
the trip down to Georgia, down Catswamp Road past our property, they uh, Altice Optimum was putting in some sort of box for 5G. And I say, okay, and I've heard, you know, I've read a lot of stuff about this and read about 5G and about microwave towers and power lines over the years. And it all depends on, there's, like anything, there's there's two sides of the story. If you read something from the the power company or you read something from a cell phone company or something like that, they tell you there's no harm whatsoever, there's nothing whatsoever, there's no effect whatsoever, nothing, everything is wonderful, honky-dory. And then you read some other studies, and some other studies are, or way you know let's say as an engineer you would discount them because they're a little bit too terrific as far as you know that the whole world is coming to an end so we take those samples and we throw those out but then once you take those samples and throw them out there is a whole bunch of good data in there that reveals that there is the possibility of having an adverse effect on animals and people from these microwave <coughs> from these microwave radio frequency signals from electrical fields and magnetic fields now turning the clock back 40 years or so when i was a young man then you know they i remember going out into the midwest and seeing these big big towers which we did not have in new jersey and they were radio frequency they were microwave towers and they were used they said to transmit uh emergency uh, police and fire department whatever well that's what they i was told as a young boy from somebody and i said to myself you know this can't this can't be good and i don't know if it's necessarily bad i'm talking about 40 years ago 45 years ago as a young kid i said to myself this can't be good you're putting all these electronic waves through the air we back then we had am radio fm radio and we had tv uh and we also had um whatever they had you know the police communications aircraft communications whatever ham radios what have you but based upon the amount of wireless signals that we have today back then was absolutely nothing right even though you had back then you had a tv antenna and you had to pick up the signal but still it was not the magnitude of sound i don't want to say sound waves that are magnetic or, or waves i should say electronic transmissions that are going through the air so you know, I, I, like I said back years ago, I said, ah, how good can this be? But I don't know if, you know, I didn't know how good or how bad it was, but I just said how, you know, it has to have some, excuse me, it has to have some effect on human, on human beings or animals. And then, so now, fast forward to 2022, December 2022, last month, and I'm starting to do research. So now, um i as i said i invested in a meter and i bought a fairly good one by a ten thousand dollar one but i didn't buy a thirty dollar one off of uh out of amazon a lot of people buy these buy these buy these meters and they're, they're ghost hunters as a christian i don't believe in ghosts i believe in the holy ghost the holy spirit 
but these people buy these meters, these $30 meters, and they go around to look for electromagnetic fields. The soul is a ghost here, all right? So we're not going. This is not what this show is about, looking for ghosts. But what I did what I did read with some very sim, uh, minimal, I should say, research, that there is a lot of data, albeit it is uh, anecdotal data, all right, because you have the the microwave companies and the cell phone companies and the power companies tell you it's a bunch of hooey, but there is a lot of data of people getting sick, as I did. There's a lot of data of animals, farm animals, either getting sick, having reproductive issues. One 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 article I read was with uh, that a cell phone tower was put in near a, a poultry farm, and shortly thereafter the chickens stopped laying or 90 percent of the chickens stopped laying i've read of stories of dairy dairy uh dairy cows having issues and what have you so that is what we're going to talk about today why i feel that it is prudent for you to invest in an electromagnetic field meter and why it's important for you to check your farm to check your your barns and check your house and like i said not to look for ghosts but to look for these stray waves now from what i have seen and this is basically also anecdotal because i'm drawing a conclusion here based upon (coughs) data that i did not generate on my own but i I'm coming to this this metaphoric table with no agenda whatsoever. I don't want to say, oh, 5G, ooh, wind turbines, ooh. I'm, I'm not coming here with anything whatsoever. What I want to do is come here with the facts. I want to find the facts. So now, the meter I bought, and there's no skin in the game, they're not, they're not, they don't, they know I, they don't even, well, they know I bought it, but they don't know who, I'm saying who I am, I'm saying that very, very, uh, humbly, that I have a radio show and a podcast, I bought the Trifeld, TR, excuse me, Trifeld, Trifield EFE, EFE meter model TF2, and it's proudly made in the USA, it's not a cheap Chinese one, and it actually reads, standard magnetic field standard electric electronic field weighted magnetic field weighted electronic field and then radio frequency and right now that means absolutely nothing to you just like it meant nothing to me before i bought the meter and read the instructions and this meter is very very easy to use and it's very uh and it's it's supposed to be very sensitive which i believe it is and what it will do is it'll give you an indication <coughs> of any electromagnetic or radio frequency pollution that you have on your farm, your li- around your livestock, or around you and your family. Now, keep in mind, like it's, I'm repeating again, I'm not some kind of nut that's going to have aluminum foil on my head and tell me that the aliens are talking to me. But I think that i should say it's my opinion my very strong opinion that the data that that some of the data that's out there is quite old so i saw data from the 1970s 
late 60s and 1970s saying that there's no effect on livestock or people from these electromagnetic fields. But you have to think back in the 1960s and 1970s, the amount of wireless communication, wireless things going on was almost non-existent other than a couple of AM radio stations. And in most of the rural areas, you couldn't even get TV. So I'm, I think that that data needs to be thrown away and we need to look at more, more modern data. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to do your own research. And uh, I very easily found data with dairy cows, found data with chickens, found data with, with, with other poultry, found data with hogs, and, and, and how all of a sudden the animal's uh, performance, I'll use that for a lack of better terms, has changed dramatically when something electromagnetically was introduced into the area. Now the meter I bought is just about two hundred dollars, so it's not a it's not a huge investment. And I would say it's something that before I get into the readings, it's something that you should have that you should invest in. Very simple to use. You don't need to be a physicist to understand it. They tell you what values to look for, and they tell you what you should test and then more importantly is that not that you should test this every day of your life but you should every once in a while keep taking readings because lots of times from what i've learned things change so there may have been a cell phone tower installed five miles from your farm that you don't see it all right and now all of a sudden what where your where your house was or your barns were what uh were very clean clean as far as stray electrical magnetic fields there then now all of a sudden that has changed so it's something that you're going to have to constantly every couple of months check and you should also so that's why i feel that you should invest in it and please forgive me because my mind is not 100 percent today uh why it's an important for you to, to to look at it so now there are th- the values that this that the meter reads is what they call standard magnetic and then standard electric and what they basically do is they they are in a frequency range in hertz so it's between 40 and 100 kilohertz is what that under the standard readings are concerned and then they have the weighted readings so weight like weighted and there's magnetic and electric and that is a higher frequency so if you were to read let's say like 5g if you have 5g coming into your area and i really you know i'm stressing that i think that this is something that you know just like i've spoken a while back a couple of shows back about reading the total harmonic distortion of the electricity coming into your farm if you have some sort of standby generator or backup generator that this is this is going to be the norm in today's world from my perspective that this is not some kind of witch hunt or some kind of voodoo that we need to we need to really start to understand and look at this because for instance they're they're and i'm not saying that i'm against it all right but they're they're putting in so many so many more cell phone towers all these uh, radio frequency stuff throughout rural america and rural canada that you may not have had a problem before and now you do and if you have some for instance like me 
if let's say that I lived in that hotel or or, or that that environment where that hotel affected me, I would be going to bed every night being sick. Now, would my body eventually get used to it? Who knows? Is there any long-term medical issues that are caused by this? Well, if you go and do your research, there's two sides of the aisle. There's, like I say, the one camp that sells the stuff says there's nothing whatsoever, and the other camp says that there is that there is long-term medical ramifications of being exposed to this. There's long-term ramifications being exposed to 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 these to radio frequency for animals for livestock. So you believe what you want to believe, but you know the company that makes this meter that I invested in. Their advertising tagline <coughs> on the boxes is is fully what I believe. It says measure, know, and relax. So if you measure something that's, for instance, like testing your well water, say, oh, well, I don't know if my well water's got arsenic in it. So you test your well water, and your well water is fine. You measured, you know, and now you relax. You don't have a problem, all right? So the thing is that, but I do want to stress, as I said a minute ago, that this is an ongoing thing that you're going to have to check every couple of months or what have you, and it's so easy to do. It's it's absolutely a no-brainer. You turn the meter on, you set to the scale for what you want to measure. It tells you what your reading should be in the manual. I made a cheat sheet for me until I get familiar with it, and you walk around and see what the story is. All right, so now, if if your, your barn, your livestock, what have you, is being bombarded with these radio frequencies or these electromagnetic waves, Sometimes it's an installation problem with a ground circuit. Now, one 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 story I read was a person had free-range chickens, and the, and the power company did something <coughs> not far from him, and they had whatever they did had nothing to do with his farm, but they had a you know they had a bad a faulty ground in their connection their box or whatever their power box or whatever it was and that was causing a lot of electromagnetic fields to go to go to affect the chickens and and what prompted him to look into this is because after the power company did that his chickens stopped laying his egg production went down about 80 90 percent and now how many times if you're so now we have so much electronics in the dairy barn all right so you have robotic milkers we had i I read another instance this was in europe where a cell phone tower was put in and the the, and it was a fairly modern dairy barn had robotic milkers and within a short period of time the cows became all disoriented and they would not go into the robotic milker and prior to that they were going into the robotic milker which is i personally experienced the the disorientation when i was in the hilton hotel so I could see that happening. So what I would suggest for you to do, <coughs> excuse me, is <coughs> invest in a meter. It's very simple to use. And if you don't want to buy this brand, you want to buy a cheaper brand, that's fine. Whatever. Check your farm. Check where your livestock is. 
You, just because your livestock is out in the in the open range pasture does not mean that it's not being bombarded with something from a power line. And from what I understood with this also is that that even in one instance with the one farm, it was actually coming from a line that was buried under the ground. So now, is everybody going to be sensitive to this? No. Is every animal going to be sensitive to it? Probably not. Is every instance going to be sensitive to it? No. But, <coughs> excuse me, what you do have to recognize is that this would be almost impossible for a doctor or a, a veterinarian to to uh, to diagnose. You know, in, in years back, I had told you a story when I was a kid. Nobody knew about celiac disease. And I have celiacs. I had as a kid, I would eat, I would eat breakfast. My mother would make homemade bread, bacon, eggs, beautiful, love it. I'd eat a half a loaf of bread. Bread is my waterloo. I'm not a cake eater. I'm not a candy eater. I'm not a chocolate eater. Bread, bread and milk are my waterloo. And I would eat this breakfast. About a half hour later, 45 minutes later, get ready to go, go to school. I felt sick. And <clears throat> I just, <coughs> I felt terrible. I did, couldn't explain how I felt. I just didn't feel right and ended up not going to school that day. Then by 9 30, 10 o'clock, 10 30, it would pass through my system. I would feel fine. And the, my parents were practically went broke. Thank God we had, we had back then my we had wonderful health insurance. My father always believed in insurance. I have to please just excuse my congestion. I really shouldn't have done this show today because I figured I'd be annoyed with my coughing and the congestion. But anyway, and. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, so they, they gave me psychological tests. They sent me to a psychiatrist. I mean, it, it, it was it was crazy. They say I was psychosomatic. I didn't want to go to school. It's not that I didn't want to go to school. I mean, I didn't like school, but I didn't want. It's not that I didn't want to go to school. All right, it's just that I felt sick after eating, and then but nobody put the two and two together. So the thing is that what I'm trying to say to you is that you have. Uh, you have a lack of performance, and I hate to use that word when it comes to livestock or anything, because then it looks like it's an engine or it's a commodity or it's a, you know that one's not performing good. So uh, the thing is that, but you have a lack of performance from from your animals. All of a sudden, you could go broke on a veterinarian coming in and looking at and say, "Oh, let's do you know, let's let's look at the the feed rations. Let's look at this. Let's look at that, and do all this thing." And I personally think, and I may be wrong. I'm not chicken little, yelling that the sky is falling. That this type of meter is going to become a, a an essential tool in a in a in a farm animals farm animal veterinarians toolkit to go and check the building, to check the barn, to check the environment that the animals are in, to see if they are being, I'm going to use the word whacked, with some sort of electromagnetic fields 
that's affecting them. So, for instance, like this one farmer that the case study from Europe is that all of a sudden the cows didn't, as I said, didn't want to go to the robotic milker. They didn't know where they were going. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I mean, they were totally disoriented. Milk production was way down. Preg- they had trouble getting pregnant and calving. <coughs> Excuse me. The other farmer with the chickens, now not laying how do you find the medical reason for that because the medical reason is not physiological where there is something wrong with the animal that it has some sort of disease it's being impacted by a uh, outside source which is these electromagnetic waves same thing as you have a child you you yourself your 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 wife your children your parents you know what you know you don't feel well you don't feel well you don't feel well all right and the thing basically is you go to the doctor right you're not a hypochondriac you say oh i'll feel better tomorrow and tomorrow you happen to feel a little bit better but you you have this and that's why i think it's so important to start to look at this because uh i i truly believe that a host of issues are going to be popping up that are due to due to these electromagnetic fields and radio frequency waves that we have never seen before in our lives in in as human beings or as farmers now you know people say i lived under power lines for years and i had no issues and whatsoever all right that may very well be the case but once you start to read this and study it all right there's because that's why there's three different types of fields that's why it's called tri-field meter (coughs) it's reading the electromagnetic electro 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 electronic excuse me the magnetic and the radio frequency now the radio frequency uh is really coming from cell phone towers cell phones themselves microwave oven smart meters a lot of people have on their houses their farms they have a smart meter that sends out one pulse a minute so i don't think it's really going to be much of an issue unless you sleep with your head next to the (coughs) excuse me next to the uh smart meter so what i did is when i got the meter i'm learning how to use it so i went around our house and what i basically found is that the router the wireless router for my internet which almost everybody has today is uh way over scale uh for the readings that are supposed to be safe so that so so am i implying that you take the wireless router and pull it out and throw it in the garbage no but even this company says well if you move your wireless router someplace else then you can get just as good service and not be bombarded with it all right what i found also is that the portable phone that we had right by the head of our bed was 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 borderline all right so now what you basically do is you take the meter and you say okay fine let me so my wife is let's say arguably your wife or you were sitting sitting for a couple of hours a day at this computer all right so now you find that the wire where you have the wireless router that you take the meter and say okay when i'm sitting here somebody's sitting here for hours a day they're getting bombarded with in theory an unsafe level excuse me of radio frequency okay so now end up moving the router five feet away three feet away put in a different slightly different place your computer works fine and now you go back to that same seat where you're sitting 
and you have way with no question a safe level of radio frequency so lots of times it's just moving something around all right so uh that you and the same thing as you go in your dairy barn you go so okay fine i have this over here i have that over here now uh let me move this also this company that made this meter if you go to their website they have a list of of inexpensive and very effective shielding methods for you to shield from electromagnetic and it's not putting aluminum foil on your head all right electromagnetic uh, fields and or the radio frequency fields. so if your barn is being bombarded from let's say from the north side because of the cell phone towers or because of uh, uh what do you call it uh i can't even think uh windmill turbines excuse me i'm not saying i'm against windmills i'm not saying i'm against any of that but you could you could shield the one side of the barn and then if that's where 90 percent of it is coming like saying well i got a draft over here all right and inexpensively shield the barn and not have the cows be affected so i just think you know that it's very important for you to start to know and i also think it's very important for you to become as my audience to become familiar with it for your health the health of your family and the health and production of your animals now i also did read some studies and i don't want this to be you know a whipping boy whereas you know every everything under the sun is going to be because of uh, electromagnetic fields but i did read a number of studies and 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 these studies are they're not from wackos all right uh so it's 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 of of credence and they 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 deem them uh what's the word i can't even think of the word all right uh inconclusive is the word i'm looking for they deem them inconclusive but (coughs) there has been enough research that that's these that these electromagnetic fields are also affecting crop yield and germination so we're not going to jump out of the window we're not going to go back to the stone age and get rid of electricity we're not going to go back and get rid of get rid of cell phones and get rid of the internet i'm not i'm not proposing that whatsoever but the fact of the matter is is that i think this is going to be a whole new area of education about this and it's coming back to what i had felt and i'm not saying i'm a rocket scientist by no means but if we turn as i said in the beginning of the podcast <coughs> if you turn the clock back 40 years 45 years you know when i saw these big microwave towers in ohio and indiana i said you know this can't be good i don't know i i i don't know what it's going to do but it can't be good now if you look at it i could go out in the middle of nebraska and have great cell phone coverage in the in the in the panhandle of nebraska in the sand hills country there <coughs> and have and have great cell phone coverage so that means that those areas are being exposed for a lack of better terms for rate from for radio frequency and also just like when they're putting the 5g down the road from me they're putting some sort of 5g box 
I don't know. It's not a tower, but the, when, I, when I asked the people, I said, oh, it's 5G box. <coughs> they really didn't know what it was for. And then when they were putting it in, uh, you know, you don't know what's going down the road from you. You don't know what's going the next town over from you. You don't know what's going, and it has the impact. It has the potential to impact your farm and your house and your family and your animals. So I think it's very important. So what we do right now is that since I've gotten the meter, because the cats sleep in the basement, they sleep all over in the basement. They never sleep in the same plot twice. Then when we go to bed, I unplug the router because I knew certain areas where the cats would lay, they're getting really bombarded with these with these five, with, well, not 5G, whatever it is, from the, from the radio frequency, of, I'm going to just use that term, from the router. Now, interestingly enough, and I'm not going to, this, this is totally anecdotal, there's no basis for it whatsoever, but you all know that I'm, if you have listened to me, you all know that I'm waiting for my beloved Donald and my beloved Cream to come home. I believe that the good Lord will bring them home. But one of the things that that really, uh, as far as that is concerned, what they both did was totally out of their character. So were they affected because Donald used to sleep by the, uh, well, not next to the router, but from what I've seen, where I had the router, where it was a very high level, that that disoriented them. I'm not going to say it did or it didn't, but what always bothered me with, with both Cream and Donald disappearing like that, and I've had animals my whole life, and I know I know that they don't put a knee on sign around the neck and say, well, you know, I just want to tell you, Pop, I'm wandering off right now. But there was just, so, without getting into it, there were so many elements <coughs> of their disappearance that was out of character for animals that I was intimate, that I'm intimate, that was intimate with, and knowing their their actions and their reactions. And the night that Donald disappeared, he was gone for like five minutes. It started to pour and, and everything. And he never liked the rain like that. So he either would have, stop where he was turn around came back to the farmhouse or would have hid someplace and then come back as soon as the rain slowed down so were, were they disoriented because of this i have not going to say they weren't or they weren't that they were or they weren't but it's something it's something to keep in mind so what i'm going to ask you to do is perform your own research if you think i'm nuts so be it you probably think i'm nuts already anyway and consider investing in a meter of some type like i said i have the the company i'm not getting anything from the company it's called the trifeld tf2 uh, meter <clears throat> it's just under 200 dollars. it's american made unit it's all made in usa it's not from china it's a good meter and you know and go around your house, go around your barn, go around your shop. And you know, I, and I also want to emphasize, which I meant to do, and I didn't do a good job of this because my mind is someplace else. Not mine, I'm just disoriented today. But 
the thing is that it has to do with exposure. So the analogy that I make is just like if you look, if you know, if if somebody strikes an arc and you look and you look at it for a split second, turn your head away, it's not going to burn your retina. All right, if you stare at it for a long time, it's going to affect your eyesight. So the thing is that what i'm saying is that if you have constant exposure to this so if you you know if you walk past the cell phone tower drive past the cell phone tower, i'm say, oh my god i'm gonna be disoriented bah, 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 bah. right but if you look at what happened to me in the hotel room that i was staying there and i was there for about 45 minutes to an hour when it started to affect me so this room must have been bombarded with this radio frequency simply because i was probably at the top or i was at the top of hotel it may have been right above me who knows what kind of shielding they put in when they put these antennas on these buildings and they put in the proper shielding underneath it i have no idea it's doing the cheapest job possible there's nobody even thinking about that so it's the amount of exposure time that you or your family or your animals are receiving that is what the problem is so if you're if you're sitting at a computer now i have a a a number of a a number of listeners that are that are doctors and work in operating rooms and and what have you i would buy the meter and bring it i'm not going to say quit your job and go work for the post office all right but you may be surprised what you're being bombarded with and you may be surprised and the thing basically is is that it's everybody's you know there's one thing that no one argues about is that no one truly knows <coughs> the, the long-term effects of this. So it's up you to look at. Now, interestingly enough, when I went to my friend Bob Ida's shop the other day to record the On the Road series, right, I brought my meter. And his shop, because they have all of this, these, these um, Wi-Fi routers, his shop was was way 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 uh it, let me put this out of range on the meter and where he has his office and he has the computer in there he has the routers in there all right the thing is that it was it it, it was it was off the scale the the meter as far as rf uh <coughs> peaks at, at 20 and uh it was it was it was it was oh, way over way over that i won't get into the metric it uses because but it's per meter but anyway you, when you get the manual you can read it and uh they say anything above one is is not is not good it was over 20 so if he's sitting at the computer three or four hours a day in his shop he's being bombarded with this radio frequency waves it would be just like you looking at a i'm making example looking at a, a, a at a weld and an arc striking an arc with our glasses all day long and that's really what it comes to so maybe in your house you have to move your move your router to a different position move something away from your bed (coughs) move something away don't stand in front of the microwave when you're heating something up uh most microwaves leak like anything and then but you'll see if you get three or four feet away from when it's running that it's totally benign so that's really what the important thing is is but if you have let's say dairy barn you have animals in the barn animals in the pasture and even though it's a large pasture and you say oh this is wonderful out there they may be getting bombarded with things that they that they can't get away from and then you're trying to 
to understand why you're having tr- the animals having trouble conceiving, why why milk production is down, why egg production is down, why all of these different things are happening, and it's you know as I said from the beginning, as the company says, measure, know, and then relax. God willing, you have no problem whatsoever. So in my particular house, right now at the farmhouse, my house is what they call electronically or electromagnetically field clean other than my router and certain areas. So what I did is I moved the router, changed the position of the router where I am sitting at my desk uh, where it was before it was whacking me. It's not whacking me anymore. It's at a very safe level, way below the minimum level. Uh, I shut it off at night so the cats could be all wherever they want to sleep and not getting not getting whacked by it. Currently, outside, around, I didn't go to the whole farm, but around the farmhouse, I'm very clean as far as electromagnetic f- fields whatsoever, radio frequency, very, very clean. Once they turn this 5G box on, is that going to change? I have no idea, but simply go out. I go outside with my meter, I turn it on, I hold it in my palm, in my hand, and I walk around and I get readings. Very, 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 very simple. So I want to thank you so much for listening today and for putting up with me with my my sickness. And uh, I apologize once more for that. And I <coughs> and I really, I sincerely, you know, I'm just as I'm gonna I'm gonna close as I begin. I'm 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 not chicken little yelling. The sky is falling. I'm not. Um, I'm not walking around with aluminum foil on my head. A, a good friend of mine who is older than I than I am, and uh, he passed away shortly after my dad passed away. He worked for Eastern Airlines in Newark Airport, and he says back 40 years ago there was a guy walking around with aluminum foil on his on his on his head on his on his uh, safety helmet because he said the aliens were talking to him. I'm not doing that. I'm not talking about aliens. I'm not saying go around looking for ghosts in your house with this. What I'm saying is this is a potential potential health problem for you, your you your family and your animals. All right, and it'd be foolish for you not to look into it for a minimal investment like this and to be able to check it. You know, every now and then, not on a daily basis. And uh, if you are in the medical field and you may want to poo-poo me and you say, well, I'm a veterinarian, I'm a doctor, you're nothing but a hot rod farmer. Well, then I would say, then it's probably, then I would say, then, then, then humor me, buy a meter, and if you, and look into the signs of electromagnetic field poisoning for whatever your patient base is. If you're a human doctor, then look at those signs. Keep them in the back of your mind. If you're a veterinarian, look at those signs. Keep them in the back of your mind. And if you go to a client's to see a patient, whether it's animals or human, and they have these symptoms, then you may want to have them borrow your meter and take some readings 
all right, and see what it is, because like my celiac disease back then, nobody knew about it. They told they told my parents that I was a, a psychosomatic and what have you, and if you have it, I'm sure a, 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 the, the man with the chickens, the dairy cows, and everything, they were looking for everything under the sun, no pun intended for why those cows were having, those dairy cows were having all those issues, or those chickens stopped laying, and they were totally, totally off base, because it was something that was coming from the environment from these electromagnetic waves so please check that out uh if you do an internet search for the meter i bought it's the tri-field tf2 buy another one that's fine buy whatever you want but take some readings and just let me know please if you do let me know what you find on your farm and then also, if, I mean, if you're, if you're running a big backup generator, I mean, it's really just great. It's great. It's great to know because you there's a myriad of potential problems. I sound like a broken record, but I want to uh, drive home the point that I feel that this is very serious. And if I did not experience it three nights in a row and have the textbook example textbook symptoms of it i would not have believed it or given it much thought either so you have a blessed day and i want to thank you for uh, putting up with me being sick have a blessed day and i'll catch you next next week bye bye